Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. Mike's working for now. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. It's been a wild morning for both Frank and myself. It's going to be a wild night as well if we can survive it. Frank, at least you have off tomorrow. What's up, man? Uh, not much, Greg. Happy Thursday to you. Yeah, is this thing on? Mike is working. So far, Greg, we're, we're doing it right here. I thought the intro was about as relevant as ever. Little uh, New York Knicks 90s intro there, of course, and uh, it's a big day. It's a big draft night, but of course, we got some fantasy baseball action as well. Greg, happy Zach Gallon Day. How you doing, bud? How'd you sleep last night? I slept fantastically, and then I woke up. <laughs> and then you woke up. So then I woke up to a couple of emails, and you know, you just get the, the bad email, and it just puts you in a bad mood to start. Oh, yeah. Right. So I got that, and I wasn't happy leaving, and, and Judy's like, listen, things are going to go up from here. Like... Good vibes. Frank, they went significantly downhill. <laughs> I immediately went to Dwayne Reed to pick up a prescription, which I renewed on Monday. They didn't have it because my doctor says, you got to come by. I go, well, you, you told me I don't have to visit you anymore. You just got to keep renewing my prescription. He said, well, you got to come once a year. I go, you told me, told me don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's only if your physician will just okay your prescription. I go, it, it's, it's just gout medication. This is what we're talking about. So that, that happened. Then we got some more emails. Uh, some more calls and texts. It's one of those days, man. One of those Is days. it also one of those days because you were a Blake Snell owner? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on top of everything else, I just had to remind you, Greg. So the good news about that, it actually re- it really brought me back to 2000. Oh, man, I wrote this down, but now I don't have it in front of me. I believe it was 2012. It was either 2011 or 2012. I distinctly remember it. I was at an Applebee's with my friends that are all in my uh, league, right? And I was always the, the, the bummy owner. And Madison Bumgarner that night, in, on almost a year to the day, that happened on June 19th, Blake Snell, one-tenth of an inning, six runs, no strikeouts, a brutal, brutal night. Almost eight years to the day, June 21st, I believe it was 2011, Madison Bumgarner went one-tenth of an inning for the San Francisco Giants, 
and allowed nine runs on my fantasy team. And it reminded me of that exact moment how I felt. Like, I felt like the world was over that time. Now, like, I understand I'm a better fantasy player. I understand it a bit more. And it's like, all right, well, you know what? Next week, it doesn't matter because it's a weekly league and the stats go away. It's not like a roto league. It would have been a disaster. But given that it's just uh, a weekly daily transaction league. I have the day for you. Is it June 21st, 2011 or 12th? It is June 21st, 2011. It is 11. It's right. One third of an inning, nine hits, eight earned runs. Yeah. One strikeout, pretty good. <laughs> the only out he got, <laughs> the was, only out he got was a strikeout. Yeah. So I, I remembered it so vividly. So yesterday, Blake Snell does his thing. And I'm like, all right. So I lost ERA this week. I lost whip this week. But like, there's a whole lot of other categories I can win. So, thanks to my hitters, Domingo Santana and Wilson Contreras, each hitting two home runs, it's a, we have 14 categories in our league. I'm down 7-6. No big deal. Not so bad. All good. Could be a lot worse. I'll try to go over the counting categories now, get some strikeouts maybe, get some wins and quality starts. Just try to quantity, greater sign quality in this case. So, I got over that one really quickly. Uh, Greg, I don't know if this will actually make you feel better, but... Um, Probably not. In that start, Madison Bumgarner's ERA was 216. Went up to? His XFIP was 4.56. <laughs> so if you played an XFIP league, there you go. <laughs> Greg, I wanted to ask you, it's, uh, I think it's a huge topic of conversation today. When it comes to Blake Snell, I put out the poll before the show. As a Blake Snell owner, how do you feel about him right now? I said it yesterday before the show. I'd rather Jacob DeGrom than Blake Snell. Yeah. Admittedly, <laughs> does not look good for me right now. I will 100% own up to that. And this is what we're talking about, like calling ourselves yeah. out and holding ourselves accountable. Not the best take yesterday. Not your Blake best. Snell over it Jacob DeGrom. Didn't work out. Not the, not the best take. So, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm nervous about Blake Snell because I'm not nervous. He's not the guy that we saw last year. I think that's very evident. Um, all my pitchers got bombed yesterday, to be honest with you. Like, Lucas Giolito had his worst start in two months. Great. We'll talk about him later on, too. Definitely. But Blake Snell's ERA jumps into the fours now. It was a really bad start. I don't want to say that I'm extremely concerned, because I'm not. But I don't feel like he's my bona fide ace. He's not a top five pitcher, as you said he was yesterday, in baseball at this point. Or in fantasy baseball at this point. I don't think he is. Is he a top ten starting pitcher in fantasy baseball? More so, let me say top 12, because that's a 12-team league. Yeah. Is no, he there? Still, he's still top 10. Okay. Yeah. I, he's maybe, I was thinking off the top of my head, top five pitchers right now. Obviously, Scherzer, Verlander. I'd put Garrett Cole ahead of him. Absolutely. Chris Sale. Yep. And then probably Jacob DeGrom. I'd definitely put Jacob DeGrom. That's, yeah. that's five without question. So that's five. Or there are five more? Uh, I, could pull, I could pull up some of the other ones. I'm sure we can think of some names here. But, uh, you know, I told you this before the show. I thought it was a really, really interesting stat, right? Per Stats LLC, Snell is the first reigning Cy Young Award winner in MLB history to have a start during which he allowed six or more earned runs and recorded no more than one out, Greg. And, look, there was no way he's going to live up to a 1.89 ERA again last season. And we kind of spoke about that similarly with Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom had, you know, he was the National League version of Blake Snell. He had a historic season. Now, let, so I had a couple more pitchers I wanted to throw out at you. All right. You, you let me know. Hyunjun Ryu. I'd rather have Blake Snow. Charlie Morton. Snow. Zach Grinke. Snow. Luis Castillo. Snow. Walker Bueller, who's been amazing recently. Yeah, that's a little bit closer. I, we used to hate Bueller. That was fun. That's really close, but I, I, w- I would give Snell the edge. Jose Barrios. Snow. 
Okay. Then Snell's number six for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Steven Strasburg. I mean, he's struggled recently as well. I still do like Steven Strasburg. Me too. He's probably inside that top 12, but he's not higher than Blake Snell. David Price? No, no, no. Okay. Patrick Corbin? You know, he's struggled recently. No, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, a bounce back performance, and we'll get to that as well. But he, mm-hmm. uh, here are the reasons why, right? I'm not just going to keep telling you why. I'm not just going to tell you Blake Snell is really good and why you should trust him and potentially buy him right now if you can. Uh, without giving you reasons why. If you look at the skills, the underlying skills for Blake Snell, the three things that I look at and I tell you guys about a lot here on the show, swinging strike rate, ability to generate strikeouts, uh, ability to get opposing batters to chase pitches outside the strike zone, that's O-swing percentage, and then first pitch strike percentage, getting ahead in the count. When it comes to Blake Snell, he is up in all three of those categories this season, up from last year, which was his historic Cy Young season. His swinging strike rate this year is still number one among starting pitchers. It's 18%. That's up 3% this year. His first pitch strike percentage last year, 57%. That was below league average. This year, it's up to 66.8%, almost 10 percentage points. And his chase rate, 36.8%. So he's getting opposing batters to swing and miss at, at pitches outside the strike zone even more. He's been a little bit unlucky in terms of the strand rate. He's at a 69% strand rate. Normally, I would say nice, but that's not nice because it's below league average. Last year, that was at 88%, and he kept that up for an entire season. That's why it's historic. He wasn't going to be able to do that again. Last season, a 241 BABIP. A lot of people pointed to that heading into this season. There's no way he's going to be able to maintain a 241 BABIP. Again, that's why it was a historic season. But last year, his hard hit rate was 35.7%. This year, it's 31.7%. All things point to Blake Snell. The underlying numbers actually being better this season than they were last season. Last season, he averaged 11 Ks per nine. This year, it's 12 Ks per nine. The walks are still there. He's giving up more home runs. He's giving up more hits. The strand rate is down. I can't defend what he's done. It's like three of his last four starts, he's been really bad. His ERA is at 4.40, whip at 1.24. In 10 starts since returning from his injury, he's got a 5.51 ERA. So he hasn't been good over his last 10 starts. I mean... Yesterday factors into that a lot, but during that span, a 3.48 XFIP. I mean, there's just there's a lot of numbers that support that he's actually a better pitcher this season than he was last year. Everything just broke right for Blake Snell last season. And if anybody's freaking out, because I think a lot of people are freaking out about Blake Snell right now, Greg, I would be trying to buy him. I think so too. But as an owner, you're holding, correct? I'm not going to sell him low. Like, yeah. what's the offer, right? Like, if you are, here, like, how about all those names that you just threw that's at exa- me? That's exactly what I was going to bring at you. If you offered me right now, like Patrick Corbin for Blake Snell, like I, that's something I think I have to consider and I have to look into it deeply. Yeah, I wouldn't. Consider I know it. you don't like Corbin. I yeah. know that. If you offered me Steven Strasburg for Snell, I would say no, given all the injury history with Strasburg. At least Corbin is past that, I believe, in his career. You offered me Hyunjin Ryu and Charlie Morton. Not doing that either. Mm-hmm. So I guess my general answer is no. Same with David Price. I wouldn't do that either. Any of the guys that are in that top five. Would... If someone offers you Walker Bueller, that's the that's closest. a little bit closer. That's the closest. Very close. That's the closest. That's the closest for sure. Remember the slow start that Walker Bueller got off to, and we spoke we, about oh, this almost every day in conjunction with Chris Sale. It was so similar. These guys didn't have spring trainings, and now look at where they're at. Walker Bueller on the season. Remember, I mean, he was god awful earlier on in the year. Now, on June 20th, a 3.06 ERA, 0.92 whip. Walker Buehler has been amazing. Amazing. He's got 84 strikeouts and 82 and a third innings pitched. 
Twilight, I don't know that his upside is as high as a Blake Snell. Maybe in the whip department, like the whip could 100% be better than Blake Snell. But I think when everything's going right for Blake Snell, there's going to be more strikeouts there. The ERA, probably comparable. So it probably, you know, if you're splitting hairs, it comes down to what you want more. But I think Blake Snell does have more strikeout upside than one Walker Buehler. We mentioned Patrick Corbin, and you talked about his bounce-back start. He was someone that I think is kind of in this mix. I think he's a top-10 pitcher at this point in fantasy baseball. He had a nice bounce. Uh, top-10, Greg? I think he is, yeah. Well, why do you feel that way? I think he's really good. I think you just irrationally don't like him. But I mean, he, ha- he hasn't... He's gone through like a five, six-start stretch now where he's been it was really pretty like, bad. It was really a, a three-start stretch. And I'm sure... Sh- Pretty, isn't his? Isn't it him who his splits are like really bad? He's really good at home, really yes. bad on the road. Yes. So it kind of like it devalues your trust home, in him. Home ERA two point one seven, road ERA five point nine one. Yeah. All right. He's probably he's more of like a top twenty pitcher for me, which yeah. is where he was being drafted. Correct. You, yeah. you don't like him. That's fine. I like Patrick. Corbin. But, but I, I think it's warranted based on what he's done recently. Fine. Last night against Philadelphia, seven innings, one run ball, four hits. He struck out eight in the outing. He wound up walking three. Zach Eflin, it was yesterday afternoon. It was Eflin versus Corbin. Uh, Eflin worked his way in and out of trouble, 90 pitches. Uh, did walk three, allowed five hits, two earned runs, three total. Struck out seven, though. Uh, solid outing from Eflin, who's we're all waiting to come back down to earth. We talked about Zach Eflin a lot on Tuesday uh, during our trade show, Frank. The ERA for Eflin still sits at 2.83. Yeah, first I'll start off with Patrick Corbin. Uh, Yesterday was a really nice bounce back for him. I think that's something that you needed to see that gets the ERA down to 3.90. That's why, like, just saying that, getting his ERA down to 3.90, that's why I don't put him in, like, that top 10, top 12 conversation. But seven innings pitched, one earned run, eight strikeouts against a really good Phillies lineup. He had 18 swinging strikes yesterday. Yesterday was also the best that his slider has looked for a long time. And we spoke about that recently as well, Greg, where... If Patrick Corbin doesn't have the slider working, I mean, that's his bread and butter. He's got everything plays off of his slider. He's got to have the slider working. He had 11 swinging strikes on his slider, and basically throughout this last five-start stretch, this was the best that his slider has looked. Uh, and that's something that he, he needs. He needs in order to, uh, to pay off his value. But Greg, when I look at his numbers, you look at his past four seasons, right? 3.90 ERA. 3.95 XFIP, 3.15 ERA last year, 2.61 XFIP, 4.03 ERA back in 2017, 3.89 XFIP, and in 2016, a 5.15 ERA, 4.23 XFIP. One of these things is not like the other. That's 2018. Is it possible that 2018 is just an outlier season for Patrick Corbin? Because the underlying numbers for him don't suggest that he's going to get that much better than the 3.90 ERA that he has right now. I think that last year was the career year at the right time for Patrick Corbin. It's funny how these uh, contract years always uh, are the Amazing career years at the right that. time, right? So, so, so I think it is. I, I think that 3.15 is probably not matchable again. But going back to like 2016, I think is like also an outlier. Like the 5.15 ERA seems like way higher. That's probably true. But look at his career ERA, Greg. Career at 3.91, exactly where he is right exactly now. Where, like, that might be the picture of who he is. I think he's gotten a little bit better. Like, I, I think if you ask me right now, will he finish the season above or below the 3.91 that he's currently at, or 3.9, whatever, I would take the under. I probably agree with you, but, like, slightly. Like, if we set the line at 3.75, Greg, 
Would you take the under for the rest of the season or over? So I, I think th- that's a good number. I think it's a better number than 3.9. Yeah. I think I would take the slightly under. I'll take the over. Okay. Are you betting on that, Aaron? All right. Greggy's under 3.75 ERA from here on out or by end of season? End of the season. Okay. We're at 3.9. Yep. I mean, yeah. So under the, after the season, where will we be with Patrick Corbin? Frank, on the other side, Zach Eflin, what do you think of his performance? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Eflin, another one, uh, putting it right in my eye because I, I spoke about him the other day as a sell-high candidate. Reminds me a little bit of Jake Junis from last year, Greg. I still think he is, though. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sorry if I And, and you, owed, you own him. I do. We, we, we own him together. It's true. Yeah, we do own him on a team together. That's so, the only team where I own him. So the thing with Zach Eflin, like, he had just five hits yesterday. You're like, all right. But all five hits went for extra bases. Like, all five hits were hit pretty hard. It wasn't like dinking and dunking against Zach Eflin. He walked three. As I mentioned, he worked in and out of trouble yesterday all throughout the day against Washington. And there does need to be given credit when you are able to work out of jams, no doubt. The strikeout was working for Zach Eflin. I think he's fine. I think, is he a guy with a 2.83 ERA that you can trust to be close to there the rest of the way? Absolutely not. Hell no. So, if you expect that, don't. But I think Zach Eflin's, you know, a number four or five starter. On Strikeouts team. have just been a lot better in the yes, month of June. So definitely. That's, that's I'll, real. I'll give him credit for that. The walks have also been up, too. So it's a mix Give and take. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. Lucas Giolito versus John Lester. We hit that next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The morning after. My thought was potentially they could go Barrett, Zion, pair them together. Yet, if I'm the Pelicans, I actually wouldn't. Yes, they get along. And yes, they play together. But I think they're both too big for the same court here in the NBA. I think you're almost better off getting a player that'll really complement Zion better than having two sort of future stars on the court getting in each other's way. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Bring this! Make it rain. There's something to it that it's sort of like sports, Joe. These guys dedicate their life to it, and Holhauser just didn't show up on the set here, guys. Like, he's been studying his ass off for like eight, ten years to do this. Exactly. He didn't drop out of the sky and was like, oh, look at that. Look at how lucky he is. Yeah, no. No, he's a professional trivia uh, guru. Yeah. This is what he does. And it showed. As were the two people he lost to, by the way, also professional trivia people. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL. NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Back with you here, BFF's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tonight, we will have live NBA draft coverage. Frank Stample and myself, BFF's, holding it down to BFF. NBA draft lottery special. 
Oh, Greg, it's going to be a lot of fun, too, because I, you know, there are a few days out of the year as a sports fan that I really, really look forward yep. to. The NFL draft is obviously one of them. The, the NBA draft is also one of those days. Just really excited to welcome in a, a new era of, uh, of, of young players in the league, superstars. We'll talk about, you know, their fit on, on specific teams, what it means for their fantasy value, um, just their prospects overall, like coming out of college, what we expect. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll be live on the radio and YouTube, correct? We'll be live on the radio, YouTube, wherever you're watching us now. You'll be able to catch us then, 7 to 11 tonight. Also on Twitch from 5 to 6, a little pregame show. Uh, Frankie and I will have you covered there. NBA Twitch, the NBA Fantasy Hour. Uh, we'll be live on Twitch at NBA on Twitch. I am very excited, Greg. It's going to be a fun night. Let's go Knicks! It's going to be a fun night. How are we night. going to mess this one up, Greg? This is our, you know this is our first draft we are, we're watching together. Ever. That is true. Uh, most... Most of the drafts actually fall on my fiance's birthday because her birthday is June 22nd. That's why I'm not here tomorrow, actually. Hopefully, I can get Florio here with you so you're not all alone. Florio, told me, Florio did tell me he would be here. All right. So, there you go. You got Florio tomorrow. I will not be here. Uh, it's because I'm taking her out. And we're going to go to the Yankee game, God willing, assuming the weather's all right. So, you it's know. It's like rained every day this, this week. week yeah. It's disgusting. It's so humid in New York. I hate it. Not that Judy knows this yet because I haven't asked her. Okay. See, there's a chance I go to the Yankee game tomorrow. All right, hit me up. I will. I think it's Peacock against Tanaka. I thought it was Paxton. I think it's Paxton. All right. I mean, either way, I haven't seen Paxton yet in a Yankee uniform, so I'd be. It could be wrong. I'd be. I'd be cool with that. It is Paxton. We could potentially see Judge Stanton and Jordan Alvarez all in the same field together. <sighs> It'd be awesome. That's sick. Um. So there's a chance I. I haven't asked her about it if she wants to go because we have a wedding the next day. Um. So maybe we'll see. Also, July 12th. I'll throw this out there. It is. Captain America Mariano Rivera bobblehead day. That's cool. It's Mariano dressed up as Captain America. Tickets are already like the cheapest tickets, like forty bucks. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, people get so crazy about these bobbleheads. My mom's gonna be in town, so I'll not be able to make that. Ah, I'm sorry. I really want to go, but the price is kind of driving me off here, Greg. Tickets for tomorrow aren't bad. They're like twenty five dollars tickets, which is like fine. Nice. I actually bought them a couple of weeks ago because I thought like the impending return of Judge yeah, like, yeah, yeah. skyrocketed. This is only last night. I yeah, saw. and it's Yankees Astros too, so I thought they would have been higher. I think I paid like twenty eight. Yeah, that's perfect. So yeah. Um. Okay. Let me get to Lucas Giolito now, Frank, because we're always not waiting for the clock to strike midnight here because all the signs are very, very real. But I think we were kind of waiting for a little blow of outing from Lucas Giolito. That's what happened last night. He went four and a third, allowed seven hits, six runs, walked three, did strike out nine. But it was the home run that was the bugaboo for him last night, specifically from Wilson Contreras. Contreras hit the a grand slam in the first inning, followed it up with a solo shot in the third, and then David Bodie knocked him out with one in the fourth. Does it make you feel better that it was all home runs against Lucas Giolito? Not necessarily. I'm not really holding this against the him. The ball Greg. was flying out of Wrigley last night because there were a ton of home runs by both teams. Greg, his last 11 starts, he was 9-0 and with a 1.67 ERA. I mean, this was the first loss for Lucas Giolito since April 6th on the season. So I think he was kind of due for a clunker. I know we've been spoiled by him to this point. And again, we're all... I don't want to speak for everybody out there, but I'm excited for Lucas Giolito, a guy who has been talked up as this top pitching prospect for so many years, and it seems like he was kind of being written off. And in this year, you know, changes up the mechanics a little bit. That fastball changeup combination looks awesome for him. And I think it was just, you know, he was due for a clunker here. And the Cubs are a really good lineup. With that being said, I mean, as bad as he pitched, he still had nine strikeouts and 18 swinging strikes against a really, really good Cubs lineup. Greg, did you watch the home runs? that Wilson Contreras hit off of him? I did not. Because he was really pimping these home runs. I thought for sure he was getting pains yeah. later, on, later on in the game. 
Like, he's rolling around the bases. He's, like, pointing to everyone. He's, like, taking his time. He's strutting around there. I thought for sure he was going to get plunked. But when it comes to Giolito, I, I think, especially given the way that the pitching landscape has gone this year yep. and the way that the ball is flying out, and yep. we know when it comes to Wrigley, the nights where the wind is blowing out, you can be prone to giving up home runs. I kind of give him a pass for this one, Greg. Like I said, the home runs were flying out of Wrigley Field last night uh, with the teams combining for five home runs on the evening. They counted actually for almost all of the runs scored in the game. The only run that didn't count come on a home run was a Kyle Schwarber double in the bottom of the eighth inning. So I'll give him a pass as well. What about John? Shout out to Kyle Schwarber, by the way, man. He's been really, really good recently. Oh, man. We went past the Nationals. I wanted to mention Juan Soto, who's been incredible recently. And you were tweeting about Victor Robles. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of opine on that. And we went past the Nationals, but... All right, I mean, we can work our way backwards. You want to start with Schwarber and kind of... All right, let me, start, let me, let me get to Schwarber. Let me get to Lester also, because Lester last night, we've been waiting. He's been really, really struggling as of late. And last night, five and two-thirds, seven innings, three runs, allowed the two home runs, struck out six. For those in quality starts leagues, it was very annoying, believe me. Oh, yeah. What are you doing with Lester? You own him. I don't own him anywhere, I obviously. I know, I know. What am I supposed to do? I mean, he's got a 4.13 ERA. What am I supposed to do? I mean, I think you can he drop him for the he, right pitcher that comes around. Zach Yellen? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. I would make that move. Okay. I don't know. I, I think pitching is so hard to come by, though. Like, Zach Gallon's an answer, yeah. right? But all the other guys that we mentioned yesterday. Uh, although, like, we're talking about Zach Gallon, and we love the talent. But again, like, I want to preface this and remind everyone, I don't think anyone knows the answer to this. I don't know that he's going to be up, like, long-term, Greg. I don't know that for sure, to be true when it comes to Gallon. Like... I'm very excited for him. Fantasy owners are excited for him, and they should be. The guy has, we, we read you all the numbers yesterday while the mics were still on. I just don't know that he's going to stick around for the rest of the season. So I do, I do want to like throw that, that out as a possibility. Without question. And I think the thing is, like, yeah, you have these younger guys, but and not that I'm the Lester, the backer by any means. I know I drafted him. Would you drop him for Yamamoto? No, I can't do that right now. I'm not doing it. There's plenty of other guys. Yamamoto's been pretty good, Greg. He, he's been, all, dude. I was the one yesterday that was saying how much I loved, <laughs> loved him. Him and Jimmy Yakabonis got the start yesterday. Jimmy Yakabonis, two shutout innings, Greg. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do it, to be honest with you, personally. But anyway, so that's my John Lester thing. What do you What do you want to say about uh, Kyle Schwarber? Oh, uh, Kyle Schwarber is just. I, I spoke about him. I believe it was uh, there was, a, I think a Thursday and a Friday that you were gone. I think when you went to the bachelor party, Charleston. Yeah. Uh, I had a segment here alone. When before Matt Modica came on, and I was talking about Kyle Schwarber and how I picked him up in one of my home leagues, which is a points league, and he's been really good, you know, over the past two months. I mean, since the start of May. I mean, the batting average in May was very bad. It was 196, but he hit six home runs in May, and now he has six home runs in June, and the batting average is up in June. Now, I would never really expect a 288 batting average from Schwarber, which he has this month, but. He has at least six home runs in each of the past two months. He's got a 960 OPS in June. He's leading off for a really good lineup. He's playing against lefties. He's holding his own against lefties. He's actually better against lefties this year. Something that we've never seen from Schwarber. So he actually is getting better as a player. This year, 261 batting average against lefties. He's 231 against righties. He's got a higher OPS against lefties as well. Three of his 16 home runs against left-handed pitching. So he's actually getting better. And Joe Madden is showing... Faith and confidence in Kyle Schwarber, and he's leading off a really good lineup. So, I mean, if he's out there, I, I don't think he should be available anywhere. Even in points leagues, he walks a lot too, scores a lot of runs. I like him. Kyle Schwarber has really turned it on, as you said, over the last month. He has become somebody that 
He has become somebody that is reliable at this point in fantasy baseball leagues, much like Juan Soto has really turned it on in the month of June as well. Yeah, I don't have any shares of Juan Soto. Neither do I. And I wasn't against taking him. It's just my draft slots never really allowed me to take him. He would have been a target of mine in the third round. I mean, I can uh, consistently talked about the uh, position scarcity before the season and how I wanted to target outfielders early on. And, you know... Look, all season long for Juan Soto, 296 batting average, 11 home runs, 42 RBIs. I think you want more power out of him, but an 898 OPS, five stolen bases for a guy who is 20 years old. It's not even legal to drink in Washington yet, and he won't be legal until October 25th. So I think this is just a sign of things to come for Juan Soto. And then for, for Victor Robles, right? Of course, as soon as I tweeted this out last night, the guy goes out and hits a home run, and a bunch of people are tweeting at me, well, he just hit a home run. That was funny. <laughs> but it seems like that's how it always works out. I tweeted this out for Juan Soto yesterday, Greg, and I've never seen this before because, obviously, he's the only one who can be in the zero-ith, I don't even know if that's a word, zero-ith percentile in average exit velocity, Greg. I don't think it's a word. When you hover over his exit, average exit velocity on uh, Baseball Savant on a StatCast page, it says... Zero-ith percentile. Last in baseball. Now, I did get a fair <laughs> response from DVR Derek Van Riper of The Athletic and says you have to account for a- as often as he bunts. So, yes, you take that into consideration, but you still have concerns when it comes to plate discipline for Victor Robles. He strikes out a lot. He doesn't walk all that much. Even if you consider the bunts, like the hard hit rate is down tremendously this year. Before that home run yesterday, he was betting 200 with a 535 OPS in the month of June. I think there are real concerns. You know, people are asking me, you know, should I, should I drop Victor Robles? Someone asked me yesterday, can I drop Robles for Scott Kingery? I said, if it's a redraft league, yes, you can. Is that crazy, Greg? No, I don't. I don't think so either. Because as soon as you said the name Scott Kingery, I'm like, I'm interested. Victor Robles has not been what I know you and I hoped he'd be. And, and look, he's still on pace for over 2020. Correct. So the counting stats are fine, but he's doing it with what? A 220, 230 batting average? 236. I mean, we were certainly expecting more than that. Very much Not so. that he was going to be like a 300 hitter. We thought about 260. Yeah. You know, anywhere from 250 to 270 would have been adequate. 280. Batted 288 in just 20 games last year. I mean, that's not what I was expecting. And he's a better prospect than what he's shown in terms certainly, of batting average. Certainly. Because batting average in the minors was better than this. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, especially recently, I read you the June numbers, it's, it's, it's been very frustrating. I, I do want to look up what he's on pace for because I believe it's, um, I believe it's over 2020, which is, is fine again, but let's see. On pace for... 22 home runs, 20 stolen bases. So, yeah, right there. 65 ribbies, 87 runs. He's at a 236 batting average right now. If he can get that up to 250 and goes 20-20, I think that's fine. Like, if he goes 250-20-20 this year, close to 90 runs scored, perfectly fine with that from Victor Robles. Totally fine. But he's still a really young player. And we talk about, like, young players are going to go through slumps. We see that with the White Sox, with Eloy Jimenez and Yuan Moncada, who have been very streaky players this year. So, I guess all in all, what I'm saying is, I would try my best to hold on to Robles, especially in, like, Keeper Dynasty, of course. But, you know, for a guy like Kingery who's performing right now, you're playing a 10-12 team league, I don't really have a problem with that. I think he's going to be better, though. Frank, yesterday you said, I'm starting Daniel Ponce de Leon today. 
<laughs> yeah, I picked him up and streamed him in the pit league. And it worked out. <laughs> yes, it did. Because Daniel Ponce de Leon went six shutout innings against the Marlins yesterday. When in six. doubt, stream against the Marlins, Greg. Six strikeouts, two hits, one walk on the day. Faced Trevor Richards, who went five and two-thirds. He also crushed in a quality start league. Uh, five and two-thirds, one earned run, four hits, eight strikeouts, and three walks. Adam Conley blew it in the 11th for Miami. Yeah, and Paul Goldschmidt hit the walk-off home run, who another guy we could talk about has been struggling mightily so far this season. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon looked into his numbers before the show, Greg. Throws his fastball a lot. Reminds me a decent bit of Freddie Peralta. Doesn't throw his fastball like 80% of the time like Freddie Peralta does, but does throw it over 70% of the time. He mixes in a curve. He mixes in a cutter. You know, it throws that fastball 94, 95 miles per hour. I think he could stream him in the right spot, but... I don't really have a lot of faith in Daniel Ponce de Leon. Even though he's had like fairly good minor league numbers, I don't feel good about his long-term prospects because he does rely on that fastball a lot. That reminds me of something that he might have been able to get, a, get away with at the minor league level, much like a Freddie Peralta, just you know throwing gas past a bunch of like these double-A, triple-A hitters. But when you get to the major leagues, I mean, you become a little bit more predictable. Um, I don't know that that's going to work out long-term for Daniel Ponce de Leon unless he continues to develop these secondary off-speed pitches. But it was a great start yesterday, and I think he's worth streaming in the right spots. But long-term potential, I have questions about when it comes to Ponce de Leon, Greg. Absolutely. Ponce de Leon is somebody you can stream, I think, right now, long-term. I think we'll take a wait-and-see approach. What are, what are you doing with Goldschmidt right now? I knew Greg? that question was coming. I knew that he question He hit the walk-off home run yesterday. Didn't get the star. He came in later in the game as a pinch hitter. He's at 256, yep. 777 OPS. Only 11 home runs, 30 RBIs in a year where everyone really? is mashing home runs, Greg. 11 home runs? ESPN's crazy then. Oh, no, 14, 14. I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. I, I read 14. I saw the 11 <laughs> next to it because the 11th inning, but he's at 14 ah, home runs. Ah. 14 homers, 30 ribbies. I mean, we saw something similar to this last year with Goldschmidt. Are we just getting to that point where it's like he's going to continue to struggle every year in the first half and then he's just going to pick it up? Because, again, like I'll, I'll bring up the numbers from last year, right? And it's from June on last season, he was, a, he was his triple slash, 330, 426, I mean, that's just absolutely insane. 26 home runs, 64 runs, 64 ribbies, and 104 games. Wait, we, we know what Cape, what... Paul Goldschmidt is capable of in terms of going on a run and getting hot. Much like the weather is going to get, obviously, in St. Louis. I think we're already there, but it's really baffling to me that this Cardinals lineup and this Cardinals team overall, Greg, has struggled as much as they have this season. I read an interesting... I think Mike Axisa, River of Blues, tweeted it out. It was about the Luke Voigt trait with the St. Louis Cardinals, and he said it's rare for the Yankees to be on the side where you pick up a young player, and then the other team trades away prospects to get a player that's worse than the player they traded away. I know that's very uh, convoluted. Sounds convoluted, yeah. And it's but convoluted. Luke, overall, Luke Voigt is performing better than Correct. Paul, Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt. And they trade, it's yeah. crazy because Luke Voigt was, well, like a, a player. 12th, 13th round player in fantasy, and Paul oh, Goldschmidt yeah. was a second round pick. Paul Goldschmidt, who signed this massive extension with St. Louis... Is it fair to question if we are in his decline period? I know last year we had all these question marks. He was so horrific, April and May, and they wound up with 30 home runs, batting 290, being Paul Goldschmidt again. Like, is it possible he can turn it on in the second half? Yeah, Greg, I'm, a- I'm actually closer to 
him turning it on like he did last year, then he's in his decline phase. Okay. Because if you look at the bad ball numbers for him, 52% hard hit rate for Paul Goldschmidt this year. He's only got a 306 Babbitt while his career mark is 352. So I think he's been a little bit unlucky. He's got a 765 OPS this year, and his career mark is 919. So again, last year, over those final 104 games, he had an OPS of 1,022. I mean, that's what... Paul Goldschmidt is capable of. So I think I'm still a little bit closer to him being that player rather than he's just declining this year. I will mention that his barrel percentage is down this year than where it's been at in, in years past. His, his launch angle is a little bit down. Uh, but all of his, uh, his expected slugging is 486. Right now it's at 432. So I think there's, I think there's room for improvement. I would, much like Blake Snell, I would be trying to buy Paul Goldschmidt. If someone's selling right now. April and May of last year, Paul Goldschmidt batted 297 and then 144 in the month of May. Turned it on in June, which he hasn't yet. Uh, batting 364 in June, 317 in July, 356 in August, and then a, a rough September for him. June's when he really, really turned it around. Hopefully, uh, for us, that started last night. Greg, I have more concerns over his teammate, Matt Carpenter. Really? Like, legitimate concerns. Okay. You look at his average exit velocity is down over two miles per hour on average this year. That is a massive amount. That is legitimately a massive amount. He's still hitting a lot of fly balls, but his expected batting average is 225. So what that tells me, with the exit velocity down this year and still hitting as many fly balls, a lot of lazy fly balls to the outfield for Matt Carpenter, who's actually older than Paul Goldschmidt. So I do have a lot more legitimate concerns when it comes to him over Goldie. We'll take a break. When we come back, final 20 minutes of the show, we'll get you our fantasy best bets forever and go around the majors next. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76 and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is under 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. andro400.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. 
Back with you here. BFFs. Rolling through. Show's been the best part of my day so far, Frank. So we'll let you know that. I'm happy. I'm happy to cheer you up, Greggy. I did want to mention that coming back from the last break, we had some some Justin Bieber. Today's a uh, happy Bieber day, Greggy. Shane Bieber's on the mound. Oh, nice. Going up against Texas. I think I don't know if that was done purposely, but uh, we'll just act like it was done purposely up here. Brian knew it. I yeah. Tra- I trust Brian. Yeah, Justin Biebs for, for Shane Biebs. Absolutely. Happy Biebs Day. I was very confident. Happy Biebs Day. Happy Gallon Day. Happy NBA Draft Day. It's a great day, Greg. Makes sense. Hopefully. Like Judy said, it could only go up. Is that true? This might be the peak right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, bro. It's okay. But, uh, much more we have to get to, so let's just get right into it. And that, of course, is Mr. Quality Greater Sign Quantity. Oh, you got to give Florio crap for this tomorrow. Oh, believe me, Frank. I will. All he did was quote tweet a bunch of stuff of Rich Hill getting hurt yesterday and, and do like the cross fingers emojis, which you should have to do when it comes to Rich Hill. Rich Hill left the game in the second inning. Was it forearm tightness? Is that what it was? Yes, sir. Forearm tightness. Now, the good news was that his fastball velocity stayed where it was in the, throughout the first inning. It was pretty consistent where it, he has been. But he took some extra time almost after every curveball he threw. And he wasn't feeling right. Rich Hill being injured. What? Why is this a surprise? It's, it's not. It's not, Greg. Death taxes and Rich Hill will get hurt throughout the course of the season. But that comes with the territory. You know uh, that he's going to get hurt at some point. He was just an opener last Admittedly, night, he's been awesome. You know, we joke with Florio. And even if he were here and even if I was on the show tomorrow, I would tell him, yes, we're going to give you crap for Rich Hill getting hurt. But he has been really good. So I will acknowledge that. 2.55 ERA on the season. 1.11 whip. 10 Ks per nine. He's he's been awesome. He's been phenomenal for fantasy purposes. But I mean, this was just this was a lock. So, and I saw people tweeting last night. Oh well, it's only a matter of time until uh, Injun Ryu gets hurt now. But you know, again, also saw a lot of people responding that like Ronis and Modica. Even if Ryu doesn't throw another pitch this year, he's already like vastly outperformed anything you could have ever imagined. So. It's perfectly fine. I mean, of course, we don't want these guys to get hurt, but yes, Rich Hill and uh, Hinge and Ryu have been otherworldly this season. The Dodgers, I believe it was today, was supposed to go with a bullpen day, uh, starting uh, Julio Urias, going to Ross Stripling, and combining that. They had to use an opener last night, essentially, and Rich Hill, uh, I think it was Dylan Floro, came in, uh, followed by all these other relievers, so we'll see what they do today. Now, the big question we're getting when it comes to Rich Hill's injury is, what do I do? Do I pick up Ross Stripling? Do I pick up Julio Urias? What's the plan? I don't think anyone knows for sure, Greg, unless there's a report that I've missed. No, I haven't seen anything. I think it's going to be up to one of those guys, but I think that they have... Neither of whom are stretched out at this point. Yes, it's true. So, I mean, they could just go with what they're doing today, right? Like, as a formula moving forward? Can they do, like, Ryu for three innings, Stripling for three innings? I mean, I mean, uh, not, not Ryu. Ryu. Um, Urias. Urias for three innings, so, like, Stripling so their for three star- innings? So their starters are Maeda, Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller. Those are the four healthy guys. Yes. And you're saying the fifth time, essentially, piggyback Stripling and Urias. I guess they could do yeah, that. Like, yeah, why not, right? Mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense for them. I think they could do that. I don't know that there's just going to be one winner here. I-, I-, I think that they really like Urias in the bullpen and-, and maybe serving as that opener role, so maybe Ross Stripling has more value in terms of innings that he's going to throw. Uh, I still do think Urias has more upside long-term, obviously, but I don't think anyone really knows. I, I think it could be uh, what we just talked about, where they kind of like split the start together, like three innings for one guy, three innings for one guy, or maybe it's like two innings for Urias, like three or four for Stripling. I don't think anyone really knows, but uh, I think uh, long-term, Urias still has more upside, but as of right now, I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Greg. Okay, so 
we'll just take a wait and see approach. Chris Taylor hit two bombs last night. His sixth and seventh home runs of the season. Hey, this is interesting. I did not know. I don't know who this person is, but he's got the last name Garlic, and he had a home run. Oh, Garlic, yeah. Yes. Kyle Garlic. Garlic Jr. Dude, Shout imagine, out to the Dragon Ball Z fans out there. Imagine your last name was Garlic. I mean, I like garlic, but I, I don't. I love. I don't garlic. love it like that. I, I love garlic, but like to be cool with you, great garlic. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, that's I'm a not. lot. Of, that's like way too many G's in one name. Way too much garlic. <laughs> now you got me looking up Greg Garlic's minor league numbers. How's, how how are they? If you, uh, if you can make a garlic pun that? here, that'd be great. Um, I don't have anything. All Perhaps right. you could think of something. <laughs> okay. uh, Two ninety batting average, twelve homers, OPS over a thousand in, in AAA this year. Good numbers. So, yeah, I mean, 27 years old, he's, I don't know. He's you saying he's, he's been chopping it up? He's <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's uh, about as, uh, as good as we can make it. About as good as we could go with. But, uh, and only, I guess, pay attention to uh, Kyle Garley. I, I did want to mention, too, I did want to mention Chris Taylor. Uh, since, since May, since May 1st on, uh, he got off to a really, really slow start this year. Obviously, he didn't win out the starting second baseman job like he had hoped. He was more so a utility guy. He's getting more playing time now with Corey Seager going down. But 270 batting average since May 1st on. A 524 slug. Six home runs. 20 runs scored. 20 RBIs. Three stolen bases in 40 games. So, I mean, if you take that as like a quarter of the season pace, be on pace for 24 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 80 runs, 80 RBIs. He's actually performing pretty well. 41% hard hit rate during that span. He's only owned in 27% of CBS leagues and 21% of Yahoo leagues, Greg. So, you know, with Corey Seager on the shelf, I think Chris Taylor is actually a pretty good ad right now in a really, really good Dodgers lineup. Uh, yeah, so Chris Taylor is a guy that, uh, as you know, I drafted him. I was super high on him. I thought he'd get his second base job back from Kiki Hernandez. Never really happened. And we questioned, hey, do you want to pick this guy up? He's going to play every day with Corey Seager's injury. And really, all he's done in the month of June is... Is hit for some power. Now, the average still a struggle, right? Like, still batting 230 in the month of June, 197 in the month of April. So, the average hasn't exactly been there, but three home runs in May, three home runs in June, back to back months of 10 RBIs. County numbers are there. I think he's okay. I don't think I'm as excited as I was about him when I drafted him. He's an okay film. All right. I mean, it sounds like I'm a little bit more excited about him than you are. You are. You are. But yeah, I mean, it's just. Like we spoke about with Kingery a couple weeks ago, and now he's been sticking around. Uh, it's just cheap exposure to a really good lineup with the Dodgers. And, you know, Corey Seager dealt with so many injuries before this season, all the surgeries he's had. He's obviously has the hamstring injury now. I like Chris Taylor. I, I feel like his ownership percentage should be probably closer to 50%. Like, definitely owned in, like, NL-only 15-teamers. But I think if you need a shortstop and might have outfield eligibility, too, in a 12-teamer, I would be interested. Yeah, he has second shortstop in outfield on Yahoo. So, yeah, I... I would want to add him in 12-team leagues. You know, what you, you know what you haven't yelled at me about recently? What's up, Greg? You know, you've done a lot of Ramon Laureano, like, oh, you idiot. Well, yeah. Right. So It's been great. Do you remember the other time in the draft you're pissed? Uh, Domingo Santana. Yeah, you went to the bathroom. and At Domingo least we Santana got Austin Meadows. We did. That team is very bad, though. It's Check sh- today. We're in 14th out of 15th. Really? Place. It's gone that, gotten that bad. We had uh, Brad Keller in the lineup yesterday. Seven earned runs against the Mariners. Uh, we had someone else in the lineup that also got blown up. Wasn't and it? I was really just like, I was hoping, like, please don't, I, I, I hope we didn't put him in the lineup. I, and then I looked at it, he was in the lineup. Just throw a bunch of names out there who got thrown, uh, blown up yesterday. Blake Snell. Oh, uh, Zach Davies. Oh, God. 
We had Zach Davies. That was my call starting Zach Davies. So this yeah. week in our lineup, Zach Wheeler blown up. Brad Keller blown up. Zach Davies blown up. Trevor Bauer very good. Jack Flaherty pretty good. Wade Miley last time out blown up. I don't know, Greg. I don't know. We lost Clint Frazier. We lost Hunter Pence. In a 15-team league, I mean, that's, that's really all you need to happen. You lose, you lose two of your starting outfielders. You have three, four guys get blown up. Your ERA just... I mean, that's, that's really all you need, Greg. Damn it. Anyway. You can't buy anything. I, at least Eduardo Escobar is good for this team. He's very good for this team. Um, Domingo Santana was the guy we didn't get, ultimately. <laughs> Anthony Santander in the lineup. 0 for 11 on the week. Perfect. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh, Greg. Should we, like, look into a trade? No. Probably. We talk about Domingo Santana's two home runs now? Yes, yes, Greg. 14th and 15th home runs on the season. And Domingo Santana struggled a little bit after the really, really hot start that he had. But if you, you want him for a Roto League, you're, you're getting what you want. 288 in April with three home runs. In May, batted 237, but gave you four home runs. In June, back over 300 for now with five more home runs. Power's real, dude. Yeah, he's absolutely legit. And I looked at this before the season. In Roto Leagues right now, he is the outfielder 11th on the season. The 11th best outfielder. He was drafted in NFBC before the season during the month of March as the 54th outfielder off the board. He's been one of the best values in fantasy baseball so far this season. 279 batting average, 15 home runs, 54 RBIs, 5 stolen bases as well. I think he's going to be prone to being streaky because he does strike out around 29% of the time. So there's going to be peaks and valleys when it comes to Domingo Santana, but hits the ball extremely hard. Hard hit rate 43% this year. That's by far a career high for him. He's hitting more fly balls than ever before. He's hitting a lot of line drives. He needed a change of scenery. He was just, uh, it was just so obvious to see. So obvious. Classic change of scenery scenario here. With there was too many bats in Milwaukee, and, I mean, and for good reason. They have Christian Yelich, they have the MVP. Lorenzo Cain hasn't been very good. We'll have to talk about that re- uh, soon as well, Greg. But uh, he just didn't fit into what Milwaukee wanted to do. Goes over to Seattle. Uh, great job by uh, Jerry Depoto. He's only 26 years old. You have this guy in a keeper or dynasty. You bought low on him, or even if you have him in redraft, he has just been one of the gems in fantasy baseball this year, Greg. Domingo Santana. I loved watching. In the spring, that draft stock just kind of skyrocketed. I know, like Jake, yeah. Jake was on it, and then when, the more we looked into it, like I really like this guy. I really like this guy. And He's going to play every day. And then everybody jumped on board, and this is one of those where everybody was right, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, but it's cool to see uh, Austin Meadows being another one that people are all jumping in on and got it right. Sounds like we could use him in GDD right now, Greg. We could, Frank. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we so I got to give you crap for that again. I went to the bathroom split second. Well, this is what happens. Uh, don't drink an auction. That's, that's the moral of the story. I drank, I drank an auction. Well, admittedly, I was drinking a little bit faster than you, Greg, that was the pro- as, as I tend and to you, do. And you didn't eat. And I didn't eat. So it just went right through me. I had to go to the bathroom. You refused to Next eat. Next thing, I come back. Greg goes, uh, bad news. Somebody was auctioned off. Domingo Santana. I said, Greg. Greg! Of course, we ended up with Wilmer Flores instead. How's that working out? And I wanted Ramon Laureano over Wilmer Flores, too. Greg said, oh, Ramon Laureano, oh, he sucks. Oh, he sucks. But yeah, he's only performing like uh, you know, one of the five best outfielders over the past month and a half, Greg. It's all right. I'll have time to uh, bash you for the rest of the season, Greg. 
I just didn't want to <laughs> keep bidding. I didn't want to, you know, because then you get mad at me that I overbid, and it's so hard to balance. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right, Greg. Last game we can talk about before we sign off of YouTube. I just want to mention it quickly. It's Colorado. Uh, they defeated Arizona yesterday 6-4. to four. Um, Zach Greinke, 11 hits, 5 runs allowed into 7 innings of work. Johnny Gray, um, 2 runs allowed in 6 innings of work. Just 4 strikeouts, though. Um, Daniel Murphy had his 6th home run of the season. Ryan McMahon, 3 for 4. He's been pretty hot as of late. But you are nervous about the guy that left this game. That's Trevor Story. Yeah, he was like flexing his thumb. He left the game. He's going to do, be due for, I believe, an MRI today. We're going to find out more about that injury. It sounds like he might land on the injured list here. Brendan Rodgers, Garrett Hampson, one of those guys. Get yeah, I, I think we could see more Brendan Rodgers here. You know, shout out to Daniel Murphy and Ryan McMahon. Those guys have been playing a lot better recently. The power hasn't been there for Ryan McMahon, but the batting average certainly has. And like Kyle Swarber, he's actually performing really well against lefties this year, which we thought he was going to be on the strong side of a platoon versus righties. He's actually been better against lefties this year. Uh, but I do have some concern over Trevor Story. Obviously, whenever you're dealing with a thumb, ability to grip the bat and uh, hit for power, which is what we want out of Trevor Story. So I think we, he might land on the IL here. This is just my speculation. But I would want them to be cautious with him and take their time and make sure he's completely healthy for the long haul. I think we might lose Trevor Story for a couple of weeks, Greg. We'll see. Hopefully that ultimately is not what happens. With that, we're going to sign off at YouTube for today. At the window up next, Sean Guastamacchio will have you covered. NBA draft tonight. I know they've been looking at props all day long. So make sure you watch At the Window next with Sean Guastamacchio. I'll join him as well at uh, 140. Frankie's coming on the show as well. That's very, very cool. Frank, we got a lot. After this, five minutes from now, it's all NBA the rest of the day for us. It'll be very exciting. Um, yeah. all right. I know it's not like a huge fantasy sport, but, I, dude, I just... Love I think the basketball is like my first passion, you know. Sure. I think a lot of people, you'll ask people like, what was the first sport that you really, really got into? Basketball for you. Basketball was like, like when you if you ask 10-year-old Frank, what do you want to do when you grow up? It was, you know, be an NBA player. Yeah. That was like the dream. Obviously, it didn't work out. I mean, physical limitations, you know, five foot nine. I don't know how much I weigh now, 180 pounds. How about you, Greg? What, what was the first sport for you? What was for the love of the game? Football. T-ball? Not t-ball? Football. Football. <laughs> football. Oh, fo soccer. Football. I played soccer, yeah, but like <laughs> loving sports was football. Really? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever play it? No. That's interesting to me then. Never. I yeah, played soccer. I, never, I, I, never played played, soccer. I never played football either. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love football. I love fantasy football. But I, I would say, you know, because I played basketball, it was like the first sport that I really, really played. That and baseball. I played a lot of baseball growing up. Um, those were like the two first loves. I didn't really watch a lot of football until I got to high school, Greg, to be honest. Once I got to high school. And then, I mean, everything with Rex Ryan and the Jets, man, those were the glory days. Enough of that. What do you got, Greg? You got Can we change it up, man? No, I think no, it's, this is what's, it's working. I, I think me going first yeah, is why I suck. Dude, but it's been working for me. I'm 0-3 on the week. You are 3-1. Yes, that's correct. I'm going to start keeping track, so. 3-1. Let's do it. Yeah. Best bets forever, Frank. What do you got tonight? I mean, I, I don't even know if you can call what I uh, give people here my best bets forever. They are what I perceive to be pretty good wagers. They haven't been the best of anything. <laughs> They've been the best at losing. So if you want that, there were a few that caught my eye. All right. Let's bounce around here. Obviously, Talk to me. You know, Zach Allen's Gallen. getting no love here. You can be all over at Zach plus Gallen. 168. Mm -hmm. And especially the way that the Cardinals have hit, or rather have not hit, in the month of June. 
Like, Adam Wainwright, really? Minus 196 favorite? I will say, Garrett Cooper, dealing with an injury, if he's not in the lineup, makes it a little, little bit harder for the Marlins to score runs and win games. So I'll throw that out there. But I think Zach Gallon at plus 168, there is some value there, Greg. The other one that I was looking at, and I'm pretty, I'm like all over this game. I, I'm, I haven't spoke to you about it yet, so this might be the game that you really like too. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Charlie Morton against Frankie Montas. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to be all over this game, Greg. I just don't know how. <laughs> like, I want action on this game. I think I, like, I really like the under at 7.5, but they're kind of suckering you in. Like, it's such a low number, and you look at how well both of these, te- both of these pitchers have pitched this year. Charlie Morton and Frankie Montas. Like, I want to take the under here. I think if I was leaning on a side, I would take Charlie Morton. And the Tampa Bay Rays, just overall, they've been the better team on the season. Oakland's swinging a hot bat recently. I think I like the under, Greg. Under 7.5 in the Rays and A's and Zach Gallen at plus 168. Marlins money line against the Cardinals. Where are you at? So the two that sparked me was Tampa and Oakland, the under 7.5. I like that as well. The only other one I like, Giants and Dodgers late tonight. Over seven and a half. I think that number is too small for a, another bullpen game for the Dodgers. A tired bullpen coming out of last night. And Bummy hasn't been great. I know it's in Dodger Stadium. It's a good pitcher's park. I like over seven and a half in that one. That's a good call. I like it too. All right. With that, we're going to say goodbye for now. Frank is off tomorrow. So Mike Florio will join me here on the BFFs. Check out our draft coverage the rest of the day. It'll be fun. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks to everybody downstairs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 